I'm for Gene Shepard, humorist, after-dinner speaker, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for Five seconds of silence in true thankfulness for being us. Thank God I'm me. Come on, bow your head, for God's sakes. Do it right. Just think, whatever stars there are, that you are that magnificent creature that you are. That you are you. Thank God I'm Aki. That, 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 that's, boy, you could have been born Marty, you could have been born Clifford, you know what a slob he is. Just think how sad he feels. When he sees you, no wonder he's always mad. Sure. Jealousy is such an ugly, such an ugly emotion, terrible. That's, that's another kind of groovy thing about being who you are. You don't have to have to get jealousy. It's other people that are jealous of you, right? That's right. It's a good feeling. Really, a good feeling. That's a, yeah, it just we, we, give, giving thanks for the things that the, that are secretly uh, accepted by us without even questioning. It's really important at times. It's important. It's like the time I'm, you know, I'm walking along this, you know, this honky tonk joint down there. In fact, Keensburg, New Jersey, because you don't know where it was. It's, it's a it's a bunch of shacks built on a roller rink. And uh, I'm walking around down there, see. And uh, I'm in the army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're when you're in the army, you're real loose. That's one great thing about being in any of the armed services. You're loose, man. I mean, you're loose as a goose, really. Uh, and there's reasons because you, you first of all, you got the suit on, and it gives you sort of an anonymity, you know. And uh, nobody knows who you are, see. So you walk around, and uh, you're expected to be certain. You know, you expect to be on a make, you know. And uh, so, so okay, name it a game, I'll do it then. The reason that a lot of people look back on those days when they were, like, say, three years in the Navy or uh, two years in the Army or something is because it's one of the few times in your life, in fact, in many cases, the only time in a lot of people's lives when they had absolutely no strings whatsoever of any type, including even a name. You know, your name can hold you down in certain towns. I mean, if your old man runs the hardware store, uh, you know, and you're a big deal in town, that tends to inhibit a lot of things. On the other hand, if your old man is a notorious drunk and bum in town, that tends to inhibit a lot of other things. So if you're just an anonymous type walking around with a brown suit, and uh, 
your only designation is whatever them little stripes are on your sleeve, like they call, hey, corporal. You know, that's not saying, hey, Charlie Murgatron. It's a, hey, corporal. There's a lot of other corporals around there, see? So I'm walking along the boardwalk in Keensburg, New Jersey, looking at the scene. And I, uh, there was a machine there. And this machine said, uh, the Lord's prayer, prayer will be printed on a penny. You ever seen those things? If you put the penny in the machine, it will make it into the Lord's prayer. Do you see that? You've never seen that? Well, I'm glad that you haven't because uh, it, it gives me a sense of having superior knowledge. I'm delighted that you've never seen one of those machines that, uh, that uh, well, certain of you have seen it, but uh, I'm one of the few who has. You put a penny in this machine, and, uh, of course, you have to pay extra. What you do is, is you put in a quarter, and then you put the penny in, and then out comes the penny, and the penny is made flat. It sort of grinds it down, and, 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 and imprinted on it is the Lord's Prayer, or and... Uh, uh, the uh, Gettysburg Address is something really uplifting like that. Well, I, I'm walking along that boardwalk, seeing them with Gasser, and uh, he's also in the Army, you know. At that point, uh, I, I, I must admit that uh, I did exaggerate. We were not corporals. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were PFCs. We were experienced PFCs, however. There's, there's a big difference, between, believe me, between PFCs and PFCs. Uh, are you aware that the Army has a term, it refers to civilians as PFCs. Are you aware of that? That, that, uh, uh, that, that when two guys are sitting in the barracks and one guy refers to another guy, a, a person as a PFC, he's rarely talking about another soldier. He's talking about a civilian. And I will not tell you what the PFC stands for, however, in that case. Uh, it has a certain... Uh, it has a certain, uh, yeah, it's a, I, you know, there are women, children listening and, and people who might misinterpret this. and uh, But there are certain phrases that are very endemic to certain professions. I'm walking down the boardwalk there with Gasser, and I see this machine saying, the one thing you got in the Army or the Navy or the Marines, uh, since you don't have any ties, uh, that, that whatever money you have in your pocket can be instantly spent on any cockamamie thing you see. You do not worry about the future. There is no such thing as worrying about the future when you're in. That's another, you're even, that's one of the great things about also being in one of these services is that you're excused from worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. You know what's going to happen tomorrow. A lot of rottenness. So, you know, and you're never under any, you're never under any illusion that tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and Daryl Zanuck is going to call. No way. You're going to wake up at 5.15 and start the same old junk all over again. So, you know, you don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to come. That's it. So uh, we're walking along, and uh, I had about four or five bucks in my pocket, which meant that I was really, you know, I was really, uh, really, I was really holding. Uh, Gasser had maybe two and a half. You can imagine how low downtrodden we were. We were spending a weekend at Keensburg. Now, uh... That is not highly, really, even in the Army, that's not hardly eaten up at the top end of the hog. Uh, because uh, you, you realize that the, that the real guys, the guys who were really holding, were in New York. I mean, you know, doing it. Did you ever, did you ever spend an entire weekend in New York on less than a dollar and a half? I have. And I mean, do it really good. 
I really have. <laughs> you know, I often wonder about some of those people I've met in those, the, in those those brief moments. I wonder if any of them ever listened or anything. It just occurs to me. But one night, one night in New York, fantastic scene happened. I uh, I was in the army. And I was all alone. I was by myself this time, and I went down to some some USO here in the 40s someplace, right off the 6th Avenue. There's a USO over there. I'll go to that USO, see. Yeah, it's still there, isn't it? Yeah. So I go to the USO, and uh, I walk in a USO there. I had no money at all, none at all. All I had was enough money to buy myself a bus ticket to the camp and back. I had the bus ticket, the return ticket in my pocket. See, that's it, man. I had about a dollar in my pocket. So I, that's why I went to the USO, for starters. So uh, I go over to the USO, and they they, uh, they were handing out the tuna salad sandwiches over there and, you know, all this great stuff. And I walk in, and I walk up to this, this woman behind the desk there, and uh, and uh, I I said, uh, you know, I, I'm in town. She says, uh, yes, soldiers, is there anything we can do for you? And I said, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I wanna, I'm looking for a place to sleep. And so she immediately uh, gives me this list of, you know, very expensive joints to sleep. And uh, I says, no, I don't have any money. And, oh, well, in that case, uh, all right. She said, uh, yeah, I, wait a minute, I'll make a few phone calls. So she goes down, she goes downstairs and makes a few, comes back up, and she says, uh, yeah, here's a place you can sleep. And so uh, I said, uh, what is it? She says, well, it's, it's over there on the 57th Street. And uh, it's this hotel. I said, you mean they're going to let me sleep in a hotel free? She says, well, yes, but not exactly. So, uh... I go trotting down there with my dop kit, you know, I got this bag, see, full of shaving stuff, and I go trotting down to 57th Street, and it was over by, by 8th or 9th Avenue there, and uh, I didn't know anything about New York, except that, you know, I knew where 57th Street was, so I, I turned left, and I went over to 57th Street, and uh, I walked all the way up there, see, I walked up Broadway to 57th and turned left, right, and here was this hotel, the Henry Hudson Hotel, right, and so I go up to the guy at the desk, and I got my DOP kit. And I said, uh, I was just sent over here by the USO. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so he turns and he, 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 he's behind the desk and he hollers to somebody else. He says, uh, oh, here's another one, Harley. You know, and at that point, the uh, guy comes running out. Harley comes running out from behind the desk. He says, ah, oh, come on, soldier. So they take me behind and down. I go down some kind of a passageway. Yeah, they didn't take me up in the elevator and, you know, show me to room 907 or something. They take me down the passageway, and I had this feeling all of a sudden that I'm, I'm, I'm behind the scene. You know, they, you see mops and brooms and all kinds of uh, towels and stuff and, you know, just junk down there. So we go down this long passageway. We turn left and turn right, and the next thing you know, here I am in, in the air. They had a gym down there and a swimming pool down in the basement of the Henry Hudson, see? And uh, I said, uh, you know, I walk in. He says, uh, he says, hey, uh, hey, Fred, here's another one. And so here's another guy down in there, and he's got about 400 lockers down there. Apparently people come and swim down there and these lockers. He hands me a towel. Uh, he gives me a towel. He gives me a, 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 a bar of soap. And uh, he says, okay. He says, uh, go now pick yourself a place. And they had down in the, in the swimming pool, they had cots in the pool. The whole pool was filled with cots. There were about 1,200 GIs down there, see? So I climbed down the, the ladder, see? <laughs> and and I, I, you know, so I, 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 I throw my towel down on a bunk there, and I says, yeah, that's not bad, you know? So, so uh, yeah, did you know that the guys swim, uh, would, would sleep in a swimming pool there? So I, I, uh, I packed it in there, and I, I, I put all my stuff down there, and, 
And uh, I go back up the ladder now. See, I figure, well, now I've got a place to sleep. That's the first thing you you got to do, see, when you're... you're you're uh, making a scene in the town, you know. You get, get once you get a place to sleep. After that, man, you got it made. See, so I uh, go back up the ladder, and uh, I go go out, <laughs> go outside, and uh, I go down the street, and uh, I turn right on Broadway. Now I'm back on Broadway, right? And uh, man, the, the the Great White Way. You know, I got about a buck and a half in a pocket, and I'm ready for anything. See, so uh, I'm walking along down Broadway, and uh, there's all kinds of action going on all around me. You know, the whole scene. And uh, most of it takes money, see, so I didn't, didn't, uh, didn't, you know, I, I was playing it real cool. So uh, there was another canteen down there. It was another, another USO, see, so I, I go into this USO, uh, and I, I walk in. Now I got a place to sleep, see, so I, again, there's a lady at the desk, and I have a bunch of GIs standing around. I walk up to this lady, and I said, uh, I said, uh, I'm, I'm just in town. And she says, oh, fine. Uh, she said, fine. Uh, do you want a place to sleep? I says, no, I got a place to sleep. Uh, it's okay. Uh, she says, well, what, what can I do for you then? And I said, well, I'm, I'm looking for, uh, you know, I'd like to get something to eat. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really not, uh, you know, I'm not ready for the donuts and the, the, uh, the tuna salad scene here. But oh, she's, oh, well, fine. She said, uh, I'll, uh, I'll fix that up. So she goes down again and makes a call. She comes back up and she says, here's an address. And, uh, I take this thing and I said, what, what is this? You know, it's just a number. It's a dress, a street, see. I figured she's going to send me to some restaurant, you know, where they get free meals to GIs and all that. See, so I, I look at the I look at the thing and I said, "What is this?" Excuse me. She says, "Oh, those are some very nice people. They'll give you a very fine meal there." See. So I said, uh, "Hmm." And well, uh, you know, okay. See, all right. So I take this address. And I said, how do you get there? She says, well, you go down the street, and there's a subway down there. See, and you go down the subway, and uh, it's the 7th Avenue subway, right? She says, now, you take that one. It goes right up the west side. See, I didn't know anything about IRTs, BMTs, all that stuff. See, I just knew the subway. So, uh, yeah, I didn't know what the numbers are. And she says, you take the one on the corner there. And uh, she says, you take the one marked uptown. Get on the side of the thing marked uptown. Now, then you, you take the first train comes down marked local. Make sure your words is local. I said, yes. She says, then you get in this train, the first train that comes marked local. Get in and get off at 96th Street. At 96? That sounded like, you know, real fantastic distance to me. Here I am. I'm down around 40-something, see. But I didn't know, you know, that's that's not really not much on the subway. See, so uh, I I take my I take my slip of paper and I go down to the subway there. I had my buck, see, I had enough to buy subway token. So I get this subway token. I I wait for the subway, and uh, a lot of people stand around, and uh, some GIs are hanging down around there, and you know, you know the whole scene. See, so along comes this train, smart local. So I get in. And for the first time in my life, I was actually taking a subway in anger. By that, I mean I had a place to go. Uh, you know, I'm using the term in its philosophical sense. You've heard the term uh, a shot fired in anger, meaning a real shot, as opposed to a guy hitting milk cans. Uh, well, I was taking a subway with an actual goal in mind. See, I was like a New Yorker. See, so I get in the subway, <laughs> and I'm hanging on the thing there. There's about 12 million people in there, and uh, we go rattling uptown. See, and I'm looking out. And uh, I see the numbers going by, and the train's going, and I'm hanging on a strap there, 
Well, I uh, just uh, just have to tell you right here now, before I knew where the hell I was, I was at 125th Street. Well, <laughs> at that point, I go struggling out. See, I knew I missed it. So I go out, now all the way up on the other end of the park or someplace, see, so I get back on the next subway coming down. So I ride all the way down. Finally, I get to 96th Street. By this time, I'm all excited, see, because, you know, what the hell is this? I figured it was a Chinese restaurant or something up there. So I get out of the of the subway, and this place that I was to go was on 95th Street off of Riverside Drive. Every time I go in that neighborhood now, I get a funny, curious feeling, see? Yeah. So I, I walk down the street, 95th Street, see, and it's kind of dark, and there's all these big buildings down there. Now, this is the kind of stuff that happens to you when you're in... The reason I'm telling you this story is this is, this is the kind of thing that happens to you when you're in any of the armed forces. Now, no way when you're a civilian. I have never known anybody in a civilian life capacity, ever, to be just given a slip that says, go to this number and they will give you a meal. Has that ever happened to you as a civilian, an unknown place? That's right, but that's the kind of stuff that happens to you when you're in the Army or the Navy or the Marines. And it's a, it gives you a curious sense of uh, like a constant revolving, totally inexplicable adventure, constantly involving you, always unfolding. You never know where it's going to be, where it's going to end, what it's going to be like. So I walk down the street with this, with this slip, see, and I... Uh, this fantastic big apartments around it. See, and I, I, I finally realized that this address is an apartment house. The woman who gave it to me didn't know what it was, just a number. So here it was. Tremendous apartment house, about 20 stories. You've seen those big buildings down there. It's tremendous. So I go into the lobby, and there's this old guy sitting down there. And he's got one of these hats on, you know, like a chauffeur hat or something. See, and he says, oh, hey, wait a minute, buddy. Where are you going there? I says, I'm going to uh, apartment uh, 1048. Uh, yeah? How come you're going there? I said, well, I, I, I was, you know, I was sent there. I was, uh, I'm going to go up there for dinner. Well, wait a minute, buddy. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't go up yet. Just a minute now. So he turns around and he takes a phone. You ever had him do that to you? And he calls somebody mysterious. Apparently, he calls the apartment scene. He's on the phone. He says, hey, there's a guy down there that told you. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's, hmm, yeah, well, okay. And he hangs up. And he looks at me so very, very skeptically. He says, well, okay. All right, so the elevator's over there. He says, when you get out of the elevator, turn left. It's the three apartment doors down from the elevator on the left. So I go down and press the button. Up I go. And it was the typical West Side apartment elevator. You know, creeps up and sort of painted this goat vomit green inside, you know. And uh, and I could smell like seven million generations of ancient fermented cabbage. And uh, <laughs> the higher up you go, it's just like the it's like the accumulated aromas in this apartment throughout the generation of New Yorkers, generation after generation, had risen like gas to the to the top of the apartment. The higher up I get, the the, the more clearly the smell of of uh, of stuffed cabbage became evident. And uh, I get get up to the tenth floor, and there it is. You know, stopped. One of these one of these apartment, you know, one of these these elevators. You know, that has this uh, this folding door. You know, the kind you got to pull back if you're not if you're not careful. You get your tie caught in it. You know, so I pull this thing back, 
I push the door open, and now I'm out in the hallway of this place. And I'm, by this time, I'm really getting excited. So it's really fantastic. So I walk down the this this dark corridor. It's almost black, and here is a pipeline. Well, I won't even tell you the number because you'll probably go there. So uh, <laughs> I knock on the door, see, <laughs> and I hear a little scurrying around inside. A little scurrying, see. I knock again. It's a little scurrying, see. And the door opens. And I see this eye peeking out. Yes. So I'm I'm from the USO, and uh, she says, "Who?" I said, "I'm from the USO." I, uh, you know, she says, "We don't want any." I swear, I, I, I'm not giving you anything. I've sat down here by the USO. I'm a soldier. She said, oh, I thought you were the police or something. I had this hat, see. And the, the door opens up, and I go into this apartment. To this day, I have, uh, well, I've never forgotten this apartment. Any time I go in this neighborhood now or go through that area, I think on this scene, everything is lit with a soft blue light. Blue, nothing else in the apartment. It's just blue. No furniture in the apartment. No furniture. I, I follow this figure through the. They had a little hallway. It was dark. I couldn't see a damn thing. And I see this figure ahead of me, and I follow the figure. The figure turns around, and I see it's a girl, and she's wearing a bathrobe. And you get this sense about her that she's been in a bathroom for bathroom for probably eight to nine years. You know the kind of feeling that there's a certain kind of there's some people who just never get up, and there are some people who just never you know it's just like everything is it's just like sort of suspended. And I said, uh, I said, uh, excuse me, I said I, I'm uh, I'm here for. I'm supposed to come up here and have a meal or something. She said, well, where'd you come from? I said, well, the USO sent me. She said, the USO? The USO? What's the USO? I said, well, you know, the, the well, <laughs> it's the USO, you know? You can't say, well, it's the United Service Organization, you know? It's the USO, and I, I'm a soldier, and they sent me up here to have a meal. And she says, what do you want? I said, well, I was set up here to have a meal. She says, meal? She had that look about her of a, of, of, of a person who either alternates between bad scotch and something far more exotic, because I could smell it. It was in the air. It was heavy, thick. There was a smoke, a thick, uh, you know the aroma, you know what I'm talking about? thick and rich and it was no furniture at all and I saw over in the corner there was a, a mattress that's all apparently this is, this is the way this girl lived and she said you want you want us a meal she's totally out of it I said well that's what I came up for I said look don't worry about it you know what the hell I said <laughs> I said you know obviously and I said it must be the wrong place and I take my my paper and I'm looking at it in the blue light no it is her address absolutely her address and and not only that 
you know, it's it's typed out. I mean, it's obviously not a mistake. See, somebody is, and I said, you know, uh, I said, I, 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 I got your address at the USO. And she said, my address? I said, yes, your address. She said, can I see that? I said, sure. And she looks at it, and I could see she was having trouble focusing. She looks down at it. I said, it's your address. She said, oh. I said, look, uh, I'm going out for something to eat. I said, you want to go out for a hot dog or something? She said, okay. And so she goes into the next room and comes back out, and she's put on a pair of blue jeans, and she had a sort of a scruffy-looking gray sweater. It's all she had on, you know. And, and she was wearing these bedroom slippers. Long, blonde, sort of uh, dirty hair. And she put on a pair of sunglasses, real sad-looking chick. So we went into the elevator, and down the elevator we came. And this guy looks up when we walk out, you know. This is, the, you know, this is the first time he's actually seen her. So he looks at the, he looks at me. We we go out of the streets, the 96th Street. We go up to, up to 96, and there's a lot of places up there. I ain't got no money, you know. I got about 85 cents. And I said, you know, I don't have any money, man. I'm I'm really busted. She said, it's okay. She said, I don't want to eat. I said, well, look, you got to have something to eat now, because you know she she was she was <laughs> she looked like she hadn't eaten for a month. So, so we walked down the street and we came to a joint down there, just a hot dog joint down at Broadway 96, one of these places where they sell egg creams and joint, you know, that kind of joint. See, so I go up to the counter there, one of these places you buy stuff from the street. You know, you've seen these joints. So I go up there and I said, uh, give me two, uh, give me two hot dogs with the works, man. So. Um, he says, I'll be a half a buck. So I give him the half a buck, and I get the two hot dogs. And, uh, and the, I give her the hot dogs, and she starts to nibble on his hot dog. And so I eat the hot dog. I haven't eaten now, you know, since, like, in the morning. So bam, bam, down goes the hot dog. And she says, uh, thanks. I said, uh, you, you're going to be all right now? Yes, I'll be all right. And she drifts off down the street into the darkness. So I go down into the subway, buy myself a subway token, and I go rattling back to the USO. Another fantastic service adventure. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm telling you this story. This, this is, this is, this is a, a, a uh, uh, the kind of slice of life. Now, where I got this this idea for telling the story tonight, if you're curious, uh, about uh, oh, about three hours ago. I see a couple of GIs walking along on 6th Avenue, and uh, they each had one stripe on their sleeve, and they had the hungry look in the eye of two guys who were waiting for it to happen. <laughs> now, what is it? That's the question. It. In fact, I think most of us spend all of our lives waiting for it. It to happen. It. That great IT in the sky. That keeps shifting and changing. The colors are different. Every time we look at it. Sometimes it's in focus. Sometimes it's out of focus. Sometimes it isn't even there. Those are real bad days. When that eternal it isn't hanging over you. When you say to yourself, it ain't going to happen. He said, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Of course it'll happen. 
course. It's got to happen. Yet, those two GIs went heading up towards 42nd Street. You know, I almost said, hey, wait a, wait a minute, guys. I've been that route. Look out now. <laughs> Look out now. <laughs> oh, yes. You'll get plucked cleaner than a Thanksgiving turkey. Shucked like an ear of corn. Stripped down to the basic core. And spewed out of the vast machine of chicanery. Chewed up like a peanut down at the Rialto. Gone. Crunched. Disappeared and gone. It. So you see, it, uh, it's not as bad as it seems. You know, you really are fantastically lucky to be that, to be who you are. Be so sensitive, so creative, person of total involvement. Yes. Ah, how lucky. And so tonight, uh, this little, this little uh, moment out of our lives, this little 45-minute slice, has been a silent approval of the fact that we are what we are. Thank God we're lucky. Just think you could have been born one of the slobs. <laughs> right? That's right? Forever hurtling down the Jersey turnpike of life. Eternally searching out the next Howard Johnson. That's right. Yearning eternally for another six-pack. Yes. Yes, life is rich. Down at the old McDonald's. Rich and bountiful. So, uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. Maybe it will To Gene Shepard, humorist, author, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976.